See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking. All Hello, of everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. We are about to bring you another episode of Throwback Madness. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina, Soup, Act Two Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hey, yo. <laughs> And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Halo Aaron Lloyd. Welcome. Halo, would you like to tell everybody what show we're doing this week? <clears throat> or this month? So, this month we are we are dissecting WCW Fall Brawl 98. Picked by somebody who no longer is... He's not even called Donovan the, the Lowdown Lloyd. No, no relation anymore. It's just Donovan. <laughs> not, he lost his nickname. It's not. It's not even Donovan. It's two words. Don, it's, Nick, how, he can't lose a nickname. He's got thirteen. <laughs> after, after this, it's just Donovan. The other twelve weren't relevant. It's just Donovan. <laughs> just Donovan. Those two words. Just Donovan. This show was selected by him. And yes, it was. I'm going to break down the rating system, and I'm going to give my review first. So if it's a horrible, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's ratings. Okay. So if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If, if it falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. If, if it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. So also, if CK and Joe were here tonight, that'd be a Trump. He yes. says there's also the Trump, which was in reference to Bill. Was it WrestleMania 23, where yes. Vince was looking at his grandchild? Yes. And said, you just took a Trump. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's where that, that's where that reference came from. So. You know, I'm big on giving credit where credit is due. Wait, that's a different rating? That's, like, even lower than a jobber. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, my God. Is that what someone's giving this? I think uh, one person is going to give it. Gonna give, is that what Joey's going to give it? That's, that's what I'm going to give it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get to this. Well, you know, I'm big on giving credit where credit's due. And I have to separate this from the entire sh- from the entire show. So, Chris Joe will get the showstopper. <laughs> the, Obviously. The five minutes he was on television, he was fantastic. And I want to give the show a trump. <laughs> I really am. Jobber, Trump, whatever you want to call it, the de- the depths of hell, whatever you want to call it, it was so bad. Now, were you going to give it a Trump before I brought that up, or were you going to go Jobber and you just decided? A Jobber. <laughs> Since Joey wasn't here to a so to a ring, within Trump. the last fifteen seconds, you lowered it from a Jobber to a Trump. Yes. So basically, this show was horrible. I have never been so unentertained as a wrestling fan in my entire existence on this planet in twenty six years of life. I have. It was so bad. <laughs> This overrated company. <laughs> this was so bad. It. Well, also we've we've mentioned many times before that bad wrestling is good wrestling, and this was not even that. It, Damn. It wasn't. It was. I didn't even laugh. Like like I I almost start to make a new rating called What is this? <laughs> That's how I felt this entire show. It was that bad. This overrated company. I've always said they've done four things right. That was the NWO when it was just three guys, and when the giant came, I'll give you that. They had Remy Service, Ed Guerrero, Halloween Havoc '97, um, and they made one star in Bill. That was it. That's three. You gave three. You oh, and Sting. Okay. And Sting. The whole Sting. <clears throat> not talking for a year or whatever it was. That was the four things they did right. Nothing else they did right. This overrated company. The the Mount Rushmore of WCW. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Literally. That's it. That's it. Because even 
in video packages and in tapes they make. You notice they show the same things over and over again. They don't show everything else, and you know why now. I know why after watching this. So for um, I know in 2000 when Vince Russo came came over, or in the 90, um, 1999, middle of 1999, into 2000 when he came over, he really tried to fix it. And people always destroy him about it, saying he killed it, but he didn't. Watch it was it. already dead I, in the water, yes, bro. Yes, dead in the water, bro. So, <laughs> like, watching this, I see, like, in retrospect, you always hear people saying, oh, it was dead, it was dead, like, WCW was dying before then, before all this, all this other time. And you, in retrospect, you can actually watch this and tell. It was that bad. And I, and people always destroy Russo about the whole new blood rising and stuff. So I got into WCW when it was dying in 2000, mm-hmm. and that was better than this. <laughs> That's bold. I don't, I don't. And he, like I said, he made he tried to make stars because you can't live off these guys. You can't live off the Hogan's. You can't live off the Savages. You can't you can't live off these same guys. And Mr. Perk, Kurt Hennings, Scott Hall, Kevin, you can't live off these guys for a decade and a half and not make nobody else. You can't do that. So I appreciate and respect him trying when he first come in. Stripping all the titles, making the new blood, the new blood rising, trying to put Billy Kim in with Hogan and stuff. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that in retrospect because he actually tried to make new stars because that's what you have to do, and that's why WWF succeeded. So I want to give this a, a Trump slash jobber slash mm-hmm. buried to the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank you, and I hope you watch this, Just Donovan. <laughs> Eck, you ready? Talk to him, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! This um, I'm gonna give it a slobber knocker. <laughs> so I'm leaving. So when we reviewed an ECW pay per view mm-hmm. a couple months ago, Aaron chimed in multiple times and said, you know, he he doesn't recall watching that back then. My memories of WCW is when my older brother was flicking the channel back mm-hmm. during Raw commercials. I would lose my shit. My brother's older than mm-hmm. me. There's nothing I could do about it. I would try to go watch it in a different room. <laughs> my dad would have the other room. I would go try to find the third TV. My dad's girlfriend would have that TV. Boom, I'm screwed. I go back. There's Nitro on. I remember... Bits of WCW. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff going on. I remember Bulldog being in WCW. Like I know he was there with Braids, but I don't remember him coming mm. in post Heart Foundation. There's a lot of stuff. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, I, heel. I don't remember the, the heel of him. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Storyline wise, from my perspective, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know what was going on. Um, I should give it a jobber because, if, and if it's one of those things, you ask, you say why the company is overrated. There's a lot of bad aspects. There wasn't a good commentary team to give you background story or get you invested. I mean, if you go back and you watch a lot of WWE older pay-per-views, at least you can watch it and try to figure out the storyline. That's a complaint there. I, I didn't hate. At, like every all the in-ring work from every match, you know there was mm-hmm. a the cruiserweight match. I don't remember either of those guys from WCW, but that match was decent. So uh, I'm gonna leave it where I stand. <laughs> Slobber dog. I'm sorry. I love Bobby Heenan and all, but I'll, I'd rather listen to Mike Adamley, Byron Saxton, and David Otunga than those three. <laughs> 
the broadcast was horrible. Commentary was terrible. That, as someone who loved Bobby the Brain Heenan, like, they ruined Bobby the Brain Heenan there. Babyface Bobby the Brain Heenan <laughs> was not fun. Prep, you got a rating? So, this would have took a trump <laughs> for me if it wasn't for two performers. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to give it a jobber. And I'm going to leave... The one performer. I'm gonna Ayla, give it a yeah, Alo already said the one performer. I'm gonna leave the one, the next performer for when, when we, we actually get, to, get it. to it. Yeah. Me, obviously, I already said it's a trump for me. Everyone knows I hated WCW then. I hate WCW now. now I will hate WCW <laughs> in perpetuity. So, so, I. I try to give it a positive outlook mm-hmm. because of what Aaron's been saying on the show for years and you brought up earlier. We say all the time, bad wrestling's good wrestling. Yeah. So that's why I, I try to be optimistic about it. You, I know, and you've been saying it since the dawn of this podcast uh-huh. that you hate WCW. Aaron, disgustingly, is over here trying to say something good about Vince Russo's <laughs> years in WCW. I want to get to since, since Prep wants to give it a jobber Disgusting. I remember on your unsanctioned you putting over WCW. So that's why I'm a little confused why you give this a jobber. What era of WCW did you like? The era from before Sting turned into Crow and then when he was done the Crow. I don't. I hate Wolfpack Sting. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, there there was nothing. It, this could have been a slobber knocker, and I would have hated it, just because I hated it. You know that to me that was the enemy. I'm enough older than you guys that like to me I was so aware of the competition and WCW beating WWF, and I hate legitimately hated them. I would get pissed when somebody would flip it to Nitro unless Jericho was on. Um, I will give myself credit for this the impeccable taste I had as a 19 year old <laughs> that I was like all in on Jericho at that time um, that I was waiting for him to to flee Atlanta and come up to to Connecticut 2016 you were giving yourself a pat on the back <laughs> damn I was smart at I was 19. so smart at 19 um, another thing I'll say about WCW Bischoff I love how he likes to act as though he did some revolutionary stuff in WCW. Like, oh, I was doing this, I was doing that. I was. All he did was just... All that happened was they had a bunch of big names from 10 years before. Like, that was what made that company popular, was Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hogan, like, Mr. Mr. Perfect, like, all those guys coming over. <coughs> Bobby Heenan, they took all the big names that WWF made, brought them over, and then they got popular. I don't see where Eric Bischoff really did anything all that spectacular. I don't know where he comes off acting. It was all recycled talent. Recycled or not, for X amount of years, the people he signed were able to beat WWF on a weekly basis. Again, just like you, you hate WCW. Like I was just saying, I hated the fact that my brothers were switching the channel from Monday Night Raw to watch Nitro, which bored the hell out of me, but... You know, facts facts are what they are. That's mm-hmm. why you know I, I don't hate the guy at, at all compared to you. I mean, yeah. that's why like 
you want to hate on him, and Aaron's over here praising Vince <laughs> Russo. It's like, well, what the hell are wrong with you two? No, see, this is my thing. Because you just said what Eric Bischoff did, how he brought in all the um, WWF guys. But you have to remember the time period that was in. That whole 1996 era, that was like one of the lowest rated years of professional wrestling. That wrestling was like in a low point for like two to three years. Between 93, at least 93 into 96. And, 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 WWF, had this, WWF had the steroid scandal and mm-hmm. like a lot of people just tuned out. Yeah, and same thing with WCW. Like wrestling wasn't the popular thing. And then Signing the big names, okay. It's like, okay, we know Hulk Hogan. We, okay, the NWO is like, okay, is this real? Like, I know we talked about, well, not even we talked about. I talked about how WWE only shows certain things at the NWO. How many times they show them invading, like, um, they would have at the, at the, um, the motorcycle pits or whatever they would do, and they showed them just invading the place and just beating up everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they threw Rey Mysterio into the into the trailer, yeah. and people thought the cops could thought it was real. That was edgy stuff in 1996 because the wrestling wrestling was so dull. So it was a whole new period. It was also protected. Hmm? It was it was protected. You know, they, they executed it right. There yeah, I know. I'm saying they executed right. It wasn't what it is now. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I said that was such a low point. That was a low point in wrestling. So I was like, okay, this is this is really cool. But you can't build your company for a long term off of the same guys for years because how many times are you, even with regular television? How many times are you gonna be like, oh, they're showing this. They're doing this with this guy again. How many times are you gonna see this guy on this show? It, it worked, that, that's how television shows work, and you can't get that far with having the same guys that were on top in '86 and '85 in 2000. You got to have new guys. That's what I said. They made Goldberg what they made a star. Even Crow Sting. Sting was around the '80s, but they made Crow Sting as a whole new character. So that's the only thing they did right, and you can't live off that forever because after a while. It's gonna be buzz about this guy called The Rock. It's gonna be buzz about this guy called Stone Cold. He's beating up his own boss. It's gonna be buzz about Degeneration X. WWF they created stars to create a buzz for long for long term because you want to see something new, and that's the difference between WCW and WWF. It's kind of what WWF WWE is doing now. What's up? What's up, Pratt? And I, so I did love WCW. So if. Eddie Guerrero would have been on this card. The low point would have been a slobber knocker for me. <laughs> so that alone. Yes. <laughs> uh, I forgot how incredibly bad Mike Tanay was. And so, Tony Schiavone was awful. So how many wins did they say? Those guys are professionals. Like. A lot. Tony Schiavone, I remembered how bad he was. I didn't. To me, Mike Tanay was like so far in the in the reset, the darkest recesses of my mind. You guys should be excited. He's about to make his like twenty, uh, like seventeen, eighteen year return, and he's gonna call an indie promotion. I oh think, within God, the next really? Weeks. Keep it there. Just him using the term "world's champion" was annoying me. He must have said it like fifteen times throughout the show. The world's um, television champion. Yeah, the world's world's title holder. Like, come on, dude. Uh, so let's get to the actual show. First thing we see this is, is I get <laughs> loosely. I'm using the term loosely. Uh, Jericho comes out. First of all, I always loved him throwing out Gene Mean. Goat. Gene Mean. Goat. He was definitely drunk, right? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jericho. <laughs> you have to give Jericho this. I think we all talked about 2016. Like what a great year he had, and I guess parts of 2017. I think obviously I wouldn't have remembered this far back to know he said it. Like he he kind of wrote a song for Drake 
at the beginning of that show saying that Bill Goldberg called him on his cell phone. <laughs> I, I've said before on this show, Jericho gets everything over. He gets the word it over. He gets a list over. He got cell phones over. He, yeah, he we got. We have iPhones. He started calling me on my cell phone. He started calling me on my cell phone. So we got to give that up to Jericho right away. So Drake's a, a Jericho mark. Yes, he, he, he is from Canada. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even put that together. I did. Um, says he's going to have a title versus title match against Bill <laughs> later later on in the evening. Um, then we had the tag match. It was Davy Boy and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Do you mean Shane McMahon? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Bulldog and I was like, yo, Shane McMahon looks just like him. I never thought that, but I like can see it. But Bulldog was like pretty fat. I- I'll be honest, I fast-forwarded this match because Disco Inferno was in it. And I was like, I'm boycotting this. So I went right to the next match. How was it? It was awful. <laughs> it was exactly what you thought. And it was confusing. I, I-, I-, I, don't-, I don't recall... I knew Anvil went back to WCW after the screw job. I don't remember Bulldog being in the ring there. Um, I don't remember him in WCW with short hair. So again, I, I don't know that period, so I'm watching it. Um, I didn't know if they were going to job out. It, it, it was dull because I didn't really know the story and I didn't get the purpose, but it was a match. It was a tag match. Actually, not to get off track, I should have mentioned this right at the top. This was like the most I was exposed to WCW at this time. I was away at school and I was living with some guys who lived in like, who were from like Central PA and Western PA. And there definitely was like a divide of like the cosmopolitan wrestling fans. It's almost like the, the difference between like a liberal and a conservative now, or like a Democrat and a Republican. Like you have your your elite city people who were the WWF fans, and then you had your like more rural area people who were into WCW. It was the Southern promotion. WWF was more into like the production value. It was two totally different styles, and these guys were big WCW guys. So they would be always flipping to WCW during commercials or, like, trying to flip from WWF. And I was like, that when Raw is on, Nitro will not <laughs> But this was, like, when I saw Jericho, when I, when I, this is when I started seeing Jericho more. And it was, like, during this period of, like, August, September, October that I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. He's worth watching, even if Raw is on. I will watch whatever this guy's doing. Shout you haven't bought a uh, WCW television title. <laughs> <laughs> I might one of these days. Um, so this period of time, there there was almost like a little bit of a soft spot for me because it was like this was where my Jericho fandom kind of started. And the whole thing, because I hated Goldberg and the idea that he was like trolling Goldberg all the time. <laughs> it, it This was... Jericho's awesome. That, that I guess that's kind of, kind of the main point. But this was where my love affair with Chris Jericho started. Was this period of time. And then the whole point of you always heard that Bischoff didn't care what the Cruiserweights did. Mm-hmm. It's like just go do whatever you want. Yeah, you can kind of tell. Yeah, <laughs> you can. In tell. retrospect, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, you can tell. Uh, we had a backstage segment with Big Papa Pump. Yes! And Buff Daddy, Buff Bagwell. I, I love it. I loved it. I did like this. This was the second performer. <laughs> it was Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. He gives him the doctor's note. Cecil Schwartz. Second doctor of the U.S. <laughs> he 
pulls up and he's like, look. So he has a Band-Aid on. He's like, look, there's another one on the inside of my arm. I'm like, are you kidding me? He had a Band-Aid on each side of his bicep. And then he had like a bag of ice <laughs> in like the back waistband of his shorts. Uh, trying to get out of the match with his brother. Um, yeah, that that was funny. I have to, to say that. Doing everything he can to not have to actually wrestle Rick. After James A. Dillon ripped up the letter, you see him like towards the end of the segment trying to oh, pick yeah, it all up the ground, <laughs> back together to pick up all the pieces. I thought uh, that was hilarious. It was good. Um, and I will say at the time I didn't hate Buff Bagwell either. I wasn't prepped to get Buff Bagwell's hat. <laughs> yeah. The hat, the big goofy overalls. Want to check my eBay? After that, we had Jericho mocking Bill's entrance. Yes. My favorite part of this is he was just out there. (laughs) And then he's lost backstage. They're like, oh, he can't find the entrance. He was just there like 12 minutes ago. And now he can't find his way out to the entrance. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I was a big Ralphus fan, the Jericho, JPS. Yeah. the, the the way he snapped over his lack of pyro. Was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was so uh, and then we had the the Gilbert knockoff with the toy belt. So good. that was like the guy. Then when he went to take it off, and you see the tape strings that he yeah. hands it, he hands it to the ref. Like, and then my thing, my favorite thing was how Jericho got out the ring and powdered like he was scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jericho was awesome. And he famously says that, that, like, they didn't care about me, so I could just go out and do whatever I wanted. And that's probably why he was able to be as good as he was. Because he didn't have somebody holding him back. And then, another thing, I saw Ron in the crowd with the Goldberg Fears Jericho (laughs) sign. What if that was me? (laughs) What if that was my dirty secret, was that I was flying down to North Carolina. (laughs) I'm flying down to North Carolina to see WCW pay-per-views. Yeah, Gil- the, the funny thing is, they did this before WWE did Gilberg, which I didn't realize until I looked it up after watching it. I didn't um, realize that either watching it. I was wondering that. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, huh, did they steal WWF's idea or did WWF steal their idea? Um, you may be right. No, I, I looked it up. Okay. Gil- Gilberg didn't debut until like five months after. Okay. Dwayne Gill was there. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. What now maybe maybe they Dwayne had, Gill was job squad at the time. May, yeah, maybe they had this idea planned out like to counter Goldberg because Vince was saying like we're de- they were debuting someone. And he was saying there's no one in sports entertainment that can match his record. And basically it was like that he had the worst record of all time. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> so maybe they knew that far in advance. That they were going to do that with him, but that that happened before Gilbert ever debuted. Um, we got to see the Lion Tamer, mm-hmm. which I always love to see. I love it so much more than the Walls of Jericho. It's awesome. Um, it looks and, so painful. Yeah, it does. Them handing him the toy belt after the match. Yeah. Thought, <laughs> you think that guy sold it? Maybe. Who caught it? I would have. I love that he ripped it. First, he ripped the one side of the belt off and then handed it to the guy. Did you appreciate this segment, Eck? It, it was enjoyable. It, it was actually a suspenseful moment where I didn't, I didn't know again because I don't remember that time period. I didn't know is Goldberg coming out? Is Goldberg gonna get revenge on Jericho for it? I was hoping for a physical altercation between the two of them, but I did enjoy it. Jericho's. 
comical as all can be. Mm-hmm. That happened later, when Jericho was like backing up the ramp, and then Goldberg was behind him. I think maybe like two months later, that happened where where Bill actually finally <laughs> got his hands on him. Um, next up, we had Ernest the Cat oh. backstage. He's the greatest. <laughs> Three-time karate champion. So bad. <laughs> yeah, he's upset. I don't even know what he was upset about. But he was upset. Well, uh, Scott Armstrong, current WWE yeah. referee, was there with uh-huh. his brother. Yeah. Uh, what's the brother's name? Did they even say? <laughs> Did you hear him? He was like, well, I don't get a lot of interview time, so can you just wait? <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear that. Um he was trying to get his resume ready before he became a ref. <laughs> the Cat had a match against Norman Smiley. I, I will say this about Ernest the Cat Miller. He was utterly ridiculous. Yes. Like, he was very good at being completely ridiculous. Every, and he got a lot of mic time. I don't really remember much that he did in the ring. I just remember every time I saw him on TV, he was talking and annoying the living hell out of the crowd. Um... <laughs> The only thing I remember about um, the cat from my time watching WCW, because there was a point where it kept basically being the commissioner was a title <laughs> back yeah. and forth, and he would like defend the right to be the commissioner all the time. <laughs> and I remember him with, um, I believe his valet was Miss Jackson or something like that. <clears throat> but I hated this match. It was so bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. Did anybody like this match? Bad <laughs> <laughs> fast order. Which match? <laughs> Norman Smiley and Ernest the Cat. Did you fall asleep during this one? No, see, I watched this match. So Norman Smiley, like, universally praised mm-hmm. throughout wrestling for, like, his training. But I just don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no, I know he went to Japan and did his best work over there and in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and all that stuff. But he was not good in WCW. Yeah, I think, like, you can see, like, the wrestling ability, but there was nothing else there besides that. Nope. Um, next up, we had the the feud of the brothers, Rick and Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. The dog-faced gremlin. The dog-faced gremlin. I, that's another thing I remember from WCW, was Buff on the leash with the fake painted goatee <laughs> on. Um, the video package was so good. It was good. You guys praised Scott earlier. Mm-hmm. This was executed well. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought, like, I looked it up. I was again, like, damn, did he get hurt? Again, yeah. I don't I don't remember. So did you, while you're looking it up, find out that it was a, a At rip? the end, yeah. So I'm watching it, and, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, they're stopping this for a good while. And then, you know, you got Rick over there following him to the back. I'm like, damn. And... To point out again how bad commentary was, but when tragedies do happen, commentary usually is awkward. So I'm like, okay, this is really confusing because... When were they not awkward? (laughs) But but they were so awkward, they kept pointing out, they're like, we would start another match, but you got to understand, they're not ready. The next match isn't ready because they thought there's supposed Mm -hmm. to be another X amount of time. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I was like, you know, can they go to a promo? They got to get the camera off these guys. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, they're killing. I'm literally watching this. I'm like, they're they're killing the business. They got these two brothers who hate each other, and, and, and they're they're sitting there watching. He's like, call his mom. Call his mom. I'm like, the infamous Judy Bagwell. Who, who cares about his mom? Get to know yeah. not too long after she that. gets her to pull eventually. Bro. She gets her to pull. Doesn't strip. Whatever. Or did she strip? I don't know. But it, it, it's very confusing. And then 
They did it right once they closed the ambulance doors. Yeah, I really like that was another. Scott part. came out. He's like, I'm not finished with you. <laughs> I love the Steiner brothers. Like, and it was weird because I vaguely remember like the switch from Scott Steiner to Big Papa Pump. So in the video package, they yeah, show when he, had, he was already Jack, but still had like the regular mm-hmm. hair. It was so weird to see him like that. Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, this was the only other part of the show that I enjoyed. Once, you know, I remember, if I remember this correctly, I'm pretty sure I do, Buff was wearing, like, the foam neck brace for, like, weeks after this. So, I'm watching it like, oh, this is where the neck brace came in, because I obviously didn't watch the pay-per-view, um, and I was just waiting for it, because I knew it wasn't a real injury. Um, yeah, I laughed when he said, when they were saying, oh, somebody call his mom, because I'm like, oh, Judy Bagwell. <laughs> Nobody knew that that would be, like, in wrestling lore, you know, a year from then. Um, yeah, this was this was actually executed well. Like you said, commentary was awkward. I was annoyed listening to everything they said, but this was actually there was some production value with this. Eric Bischoff came out. Mm-hmm. Did he? Like, yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, back. And he looked concerned. Like it was. Yeah, like it was I, I well. really thought it was. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, this this is the part where I actually wrote in my notes, terrible, terrible broadcast. <laughs> because I just could not stand listening to them talk anymore. I actually had to watch, the first time this has ever happened to me, I actually had to watch this in three separate sittings. I think we all did, I except did. at... <laughs> no, I didn't get to the main event until like a week ago. It really? Took, it took uh, me a four. Yeah, it, four? T- it took me three. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Silver King and Hoovy talk the about championship. <laughs> That's a quiz question. Yes, yeah. Silver King. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember him at all. He wasn't bad. I didn't think. I, I, no, he wasn't terrible. I was gonna say, what bad can you say about that match? I enjoyed that match. So, I'll be honest. With April this year, Hooventu Guerrera is a name that I recognize. Do I remember anything about his in-ring career from WCW? No. And I remember. Uh, you and Donovan both popping at icons for him being there. Me, I popped because he had a cruiserweight championship with him. Um, <laughs> and he came out in a mask, but then we're, I'm watching Throwback, I'm like, where the hell's his mask? Again, me not knowing him. But, but the match was great. I enjoyed the mask. It was, it was, it was a decent match. Um, there's another thing that Bischoff likes to take credit for, the cruiserweights. But oh, Paul Heyman did that. Yeah. And he just had more money to bring those guys from ECW to WCW. Yeah, all from ECW. But that was Paul Heyman's creation, not Eric Bischoff's. Um, that we, guy was not a cruiserweight either. No, no. They said well, two twenty-five. Yeah, two twenty-five was the limit back then. Yeah, yeah I was actually going to point that. out. He must out. have done the Daniel Cormier trick with his hands <laughs> pushing up on the towel. He was a big dude. <laughs> I feel like he was almost built like, like huskier than William Regal. <laughs> Okay, he did not have a cruiserweight build at all. Uh, we had Conan backstage with Scott Hall on WCW.com. That, those segments, the dot-com segments, were so awkward. Like, mm-hmm. But the guy who was interviewing to the left, left. of him, like if we were looking, yeah. great voice. <laughs> great voice for radio. At least had that going for him. That was a bad segment, though. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Scott, like, WCW started to make light of like real situations, kind of like what... WWE ended up doing with mm-hmm. um, one of the Road Warriors. So they did that with Scott Hall. And, like, again, I can't tell if it's fake or real, but 
It was awkward to watch. Real. It was weird to watch. Like it was at least partially real. And nineteen-year-old me thought it was funny. And half my life later, at thirty-eight, I'm like, dude, that was not funny <laughs> at all. Like that was kind of despicable to do that. Yeah. To send him out there every week like that. Like this guy actually has his problem. And you're encouraging him to play that character on the show. Like there, were, I believe there was a time he legit like threw up on on Nitro. Yeah, like, it, it was ridiculous. Uh, Saturn against Raven in a Ravens rules match. Match of the night. <laughs> I wanted to get another props to that. That actually, that match was good. The, or, this match woke me up. <laughs> the crowd was the crowd was up too. Like the storyline was stupid about the whole break his fingers thing. That was dumb, but. I was invested into this match. Like we said, it took me. That, that was better Saturn than we ever got in WWF. Yeah, like it was so yeah. much. I, I, I thought the Kidman heel, the Kidman turn on the flock was great. Mm-hmm. Now again, this is 100 honest. There's so much stuff from WWF I don't remember. Or I did not know. Was I really one surprised by so many? Again, with you figure so many times um, when people would come over to WWF, they had to get rebranded or something. Perry Saturn had his music. Jericho had his music. No, they I dubbed it. They dubbed it. Yeah. Dubbed who? The, if you have their theme that, song. Then I wasn't Perry Saturn's WWF music, but they didn't pay for the rights to the to the to, um, to pay the artists who did the original songs. So they dubbed in the music they have. So Jericho's music from WWF got dubbed in as the WCW music. Yeah, like he didn't have break the walls down. Yeah, he didn't have break the walls down. WCW. Well, they added something. Is what you're saying. They covered they covered his music in WCW with Break the Walls Down. But aside from that, it's the same. You're no. saying it just started Break the Walls Down? And no, then... no. The music that he had on WC on um on this episode, that music was dubbed in because they didn't have they don't own the rights to that song oh, on WCW. Oh, oh, oh. So that wasn't his song. Even the ECW shows like that too. Yeah, okay. the ECW shows are the worst to watch without the yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. yeah because they, Heyman was just like, whatever, we're using whatever songs we want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so you're telling me the music that they played wasn't what actually played if Correct. you were watching it back then? Yeah. Good, good for them in the network. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there, I was actually scratching my head about that multiple oh, times. Jericho had this music before WWF? Damn. <laughs> you guys are on top of this. Yeah. We, spoke, we spoke about this in a group text, but Raven, so underrated. Mm-hmm. He was so good on the mic, and like that character that he played, like. Well, I was excited right when they announced, you know, it's a Ravens Rules match because you knew it was gonna be a hardcore match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Raven was great. He was one of my favorites in ECW. That was another one I wouldn't hate it if somebody flipped on WCW and I saw Raven in there sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. or I would wait to hear him say, "What about me? What about Raven?" Or of course, quote the Raven, "Nevermore." But yeah, this was for. If Saturn loses, he is Raven's servant for life. The rest of his career. Yeah. If Saturn wins, Raven has to free the flock. Kidman, as you said, turned on the flock. Raven loses. The flock is freed. I have no idea what happened after this. I'm assuming none of the three of you really do either. Nope. What was this? It was about a year. A year after is when people started moving from... It was about a year later that WCW was bought by Vince, right? No. Two year, three years. Three, three years? It was that long? Yeah, 2001. It was 98. It wasn't so long. 2001. Huh. I thought it was like... I thought it was like... Russo came the year after, the, the, the following year. I thought it was early 2000 for some reason. Um, 
Yeah, this match was good. Now, did you guys have, like, an appreciation for Raven from back in the day, or is it more like seeing him now, you're like, now I realize how good this guy was? No, I liked him as that character, and I always... I always really liked Billy Kidman, too, when he was, like, that really dark character mm-hmm. with a beater. Like, I never understood when he came to WWE and was wearing, like, the short tights. Well, How jarring was that on the throwback where we had to review that? And I was like, that's not Billy Kidman. Not <laughs> yeah. Like, his in-ring work was always great. Too. Oh, yeah. One thing I like and appreciate about Raven is he's, and as much as he wasn't a, a lower or a mid-card guy in ECW, obviously he was a main eventer, but he's one of the few guys you can think of. His character was the same in every promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His gimmick will always say the same. So the stuff I know about him, to answer your question, from ECW to his 27-plus hardcore championship reigns, he was always the same guy. And he's a guy that I, especially now, I enjoy hearing him talk about wrestling because he's like a student of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like Scott Hall, same way. Like, I, I could listen to him talk. When I drove down to the Performance Center two years ago almost now, I was going out of my way to download podcasts that Scott Hall was a guest on and that Raven was a guest on solely because I was like, these are two guys I could listen to for hours talk about wrestling. Um, when did the Radicals move? 2000. February so that 2000. Was that, wow, I was... Now it's drinking a lot more in the late 90s than I realized. Because I'm like a year a year behind on everything. Yeah, I got one more thing to say about this match. Because like I said, this is the only time the crowd popped all night. And my thing is, I really wonder if the crowd was actually into the show or was just because of the time period, you just like everything. Uh, I don't know. So this is another thing that I think. I, I read this in like maybe a magazine in like the 90s someone was writing about a concert they attended for like a band that they didn't like and they said the way I judge how good a show was if I don't listen to the group is how the crowd reacts to them because these are the people that do listen to them so the way they react informs my opinion of how good the show was so I didn't watch WCW but watching it that was another thing that stuck out to me was like those people were like really into it so, Alo, I don't know if it's a case of they just liked everything or if they just were doing a good job of, like, appeasing that specific audience. I do think there was something about it was very popular at the time, and I feel like everybody was kind of on the bandwagon. So it might have been a case of everybody likes everything. Yeah, you kind of see the same thing in the WWF, like... When we review those older shows, like, everything is over. Like, all the old stuff. Like, even all the garbage, like, that we crap on nowadays, Mm -hmm. you hear the crowds, like, huge reaction to it. Well, the internet was not as big then as it is now. So the internet wrestling community hadn't totally ruined (laughs) wrestling, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but these were the first strides with uh, WCW.com. Yeah, it was the, yeah, the early days, the primitive days of WCW.com, doing a radio show. Yeah. Great voice. <laughs> do we know this guy's name or no? No clue. Yeah, I feel like maybe I'm pretty sure they said it. They probably do. You know what? It's not worth finding out. Um, Hennigan Malenko. Um... Malenko is another guy who I feel like, as a wrestler, was great. As a character, I was like, I don't <laughs> see what else is there. 
besides that he's a good wrestler. Mr. Perfect, one of my favorites of all time. No, this, this is Kurt Henning. Yeah, this is not Mr. Perfect anymore. Doesn't we'll get, to that. We'll get without, to that in the next match. Doesn't look the same without the singlet. Um, yeah, the huge knee brace. Mm-hmm. The NWO shorts that I need to find. Yeah, yeah, the, like the the like loose baggy shorts. It was like a weird look. Yeah. Like a super weird look. Uh, does anybody have any thoughts on this match with the, the, the sellout era of Rick Rude? I fast-forwarded it. Really? They were really putting over an arm wrestling match for Thunder on Thursday. Really? So, yes. I guess my issue with the match, the match could have been good, and it's one of those things you, you said about Dean Malenko. He was a great wrestler, and his... I didn't like. I don't know anything about the storyline going into watch this. I don't know nothing about the storyline between Kurt Hennig and Dean Malenko. But, and it could have been fault to the commentary or the video package beforehand. But I couldn't start this match and think, okay, Dean's gonna win this. There's just kind of like it's one of those things you just can't expect. Without not knowing anything, like I know this character, I know this character, but I know them from WWF. It's like, oh, okay, I know how this is gonna play out. <laughs> well, yeah, Rick Rude had just sold out DX not too long before. Um, I was kind of hoping that Arn would take out Henning <laughs> and Rude, so I could come on here and yell about WCW burying young talent. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way for me. But it was fun seeing Arn run down there. Yeah, the enforcer's back. <laughs> he had said that uh, Malenko could be a horseman or whatever. I'm pretty sure that ended up happening. Did anybody else mm-hmm. think maybe there was a chance Ric Flair would show up? No, not yeah, after the video be. package. So, correct me if I'm wrong, at this point, Malenko wasn't uh, ever a horseman? Not, I don't think the new full horseman was put, brought together yet. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think they were together yet. That was awful. Yeah, so nobody liked this match. Nobody was a fan. I mean, I'm pretty sure Hennig was actually hurt. Like, it hurt to watch him try to run across the ring for an Irish whip. Mm-hmm. So should we get to Conan and uh, Conan and Scott Hall? Yeah, because I love Conan. Vincent? <laughs> Vincent. My favorite part about this is the use of the two rings. <laughs> <laughs> Shoving Scott Hall between the two rings... Was awesome. Or him trying to pose in the one ring that he's not even supposed to be in. Like Scott Hall accompanied by Don by just Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> just Donovan. Yeah, I was not That's how you two are related, right? No. It's, it's just Donovan. I thought Virgil was the relation. No. Yeah, I was not a Conan guy, but I think that's more of a product of it was like literally I like Jericho. I liked Hall and Nash. And pretty much outside of that. I was just, like, vehemently against everything else. Um, so I would turn it on, and inev- inevitably, anytime I'd see Conan on, it was always him doing his promo that he'd come out and do with the plaid shirt. Enzo. <laughs> it was Enzo before Enzo. So what did you like about Conan? I liked his promos, and I liked the Tequila Sunrise a lot. 
I always like like he did it in this match, but obviously with Scott Hall being under the influence, it wasn't that good. Uh, <laughs> he d- does like that rolling lariat. Yeah. Like a lot of his moves that I always really liked, and you know the uh, rowdy rowdy and bout it bout it all that stuff. I always dug that too. Yeah. Every time that was on, I was like, turn this off. Like, <laughs> I I just remember, and I feel like somehow every week I'd manage to see him at some point. Um, God, I hated WCW so much. When Hall asks, is anyone here to see WCW? I legit booed at home. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, there was only one smart guy in the crowd that had a DX shirt. <laughs> He's a genius. Did Hall kind of like allude to the crotch uh, chop on uh, his way but, down? Was he really drunk? It's possible. Because I know you guys said they actually made him go out there like that. I, I don't want to say they made him go out actually drunk. I think he was dealing with a lot of actual like substance abuse issues. Where he was probably taking a lot of pills, he probably was drinking a lot, and they were like, "All right, let's use it." I would. I, would I think it was a work it. in this event. It might have been. It seemed like it was a work. I would hope that they weren't telling him like, "All right, you know, like, like pouring beers into his mouth to get him ready to go out." But well, at the same time, the, the gimmick was he had a cocktail. Now there is notorious stories where you'll hear from as high as Hulk Hogan to as low as cruiserweights talking about drinking a beer before they went out. Mm-hmm. So I don't doubt at all that they slammed beers before going out there. I do think it was a work that he walked out there with a rum and coke or something. I think that was probably actually... Or a cranberry vodka. Yeah, see, I don't doubt that he walked out there with a real drink. Because there were times when I... De- he didn't look as bad at this event as I've seen him... Well, and again, I'm, sp- I'm speaking specifically to that match. I'm, yeah. I, I, and I could be wrong. There were times he walked out there when I was like, oh, my God. Like, like he looks awful. That, that's how you guys think sometimes when you see me at a House of Hardcore show. <laughs> he was dead behind the eyes. Oh, well, you mean every House of Hardcore show we've seen you show. <laughs> Well, no. December last year, I was sick. It was different. I wasn't there, so oh, I Oh, yeah, can't. okay. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll I give you that say. one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I have controversy to say. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not just saying this because of the person that picked this show. Mm-hmm. And you can t- tell me if I'm wrong. I'm open to all opinions. But Scott Hall, not Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, NWCW, overrated, NWO, overrated. That's tough for me to answer only because uh, that I did not watch it enough. I will say maybe the entirety of the NWO is overrated, but, like, what it actually was when it started. Yeah, I I, I said that in the beginning. I'll give you the first three guys, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. I'll give you Big Sean, give you six. But after that, other than the shirts, overrated. What I believe is that those guys at a certain point were just so checked out. Like, why, why even bother? That company was such a mess. They didn't know what they were doing. Like, everybody had creative control. Like, I don't... I would guess at a certain point, those guys are like, well, whatever. We're getting paid, and that's all we care about. So, yeah, you could probably make a case that Scott Hall in WCW was not great. But I don't know if I'd say overrated only because of the circumstances that they were in. Like... I can't imagine that after a year and a half that they even cared what they were doing anymore. So I respect that answer. 
I'll go second. You guys probably hate my response again. Um, NWO, obviously, when you look over the overhaul, I'm not going to say overrated. I, I won't even put it as so much to the, the, the top three or top four. I think when they, the beginning of trying to make it big, you know, in the single digits, they did some things right, keeping it as guys that were in the WWF, using Macho Man, using DiBiase as a potential manager. Um, despite what anyone thinks in the panel about Bischoff, but taking the main figure of the show... I noticed and, you were looking at me when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and turning him and putting him in there, they did things right. Um, Aaron got to this earlier when you mentioned something about WWE. They always play the same things when it comes to NWO. One thing that actually... And again, I don't know WCW. I don't know it well. Um... I can't remember how the Wolfpack decided to be formed. Um, that is something I've, and I'm not wasting my time to go look through Nitros. I mean, maybe one day I will. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know how that came out. And I don't want to just read it. I do want to rewatch mm-hmm. it. I wish that was something that was put in the network. And I think I watched the NWO special, and that wasn't there. Um, it, it seems the Wolfpack has things that are positive. I mean. It seems like Sting doesn't, when you see him on social media, it seems like he doesn't hate that period. Mm -hmm. Uh, His merchandise obviously sold well for it. Mm -hmm. And when you look at merchandise, obviously it it didn't do bad, and that's probably a bad way to look at it. Um, There are people, Scott Steiner, I think was at an indie show. He was at a House of Hardcore show, I think, years before we went, and I think he went out in an NWO shirt. Um, Stuff like that. When you, If you were to think you were going to go see Scott Steiner... In a month at Icons in Philly, do you expect him to wear an NWO show? Stuff like that, NWO shirt, stuff like that. In my opinion, that is overrated. But the faction, no, that can never be looked at as overrated because one of the biggest arguments is what's the better faction, NWO or DX? I'm going to say DX all day, but I'm not going to put NWO as overrated. Um, the second part to this, the overrated, underrated, being Scott Hall, not Razor Ramon. Now, WCW, as you got to, they their formula of taking WWF guys that were already used. And Scott Hall obviously had some, as Razor Ramon, had some life to him. Uh, I know the majority of us and countless people that have sat in for episodes of Unsanctioned said... We wish he would have won a world title, whether mm-hmm. it be WWF or WCW. WCW got their money worth of him. In the ring, NWO, his contributions at least to that. Um, he made titles matter, and he obviously disrespected a title they had. Um, I think they they did well with him. I, I wouldn't say he was underrated at all or, or, or overrated. I mean, I think if he was definitely what they could have done and I think with the disrespect they that they did in years to come to their world title he definitely deserved to hold it so um, he's underrated if, if either yeah Prep, do you think NWO or Scott Hall are overrated so I think it's not fair to say that he's overrated because I think he's like all oh, this is just a victim of circumstance like yeah because when I, f- I'll give Ron that what he said because I didn't think about that at the time I wrote these notes. So, because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know all about all this other stuff. But all, all I was hitting on was, they always show the good. And then, I, 
I've seen glimpses of WCW, but Scott Hall, you hardly ever see him. And then the stuff you see is the same stuff all the time. No, yeah, he. I mean, anything after Razor Ramon, and then the formation, like, yes. he was awesome when he came out. Yeah, like, and because everybody thought it was real, and yeah, even now, if you watch it, it, if you watch it, like, you feel like you're seeing something special. It's weird whether to watch. It's 21 yeah, years it's like, ago or not. What's going on? Like, even still, knowing what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, and then obviously he like clearly fell off the wagon, and. uh yeah, I mean, even from the rest of WCW to when he came back to WWEF and the uh, NWO mm-hmm. reformation, those matches with Austin were so bad. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I I love Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, but I guess if you look at it, he is a little overrated. In WCW. In WCW, yeah, yeah because his... His WWF yeah. run as Razor was incredible. Yeah, I, I had to specify it. Yeah. Because, you know, people don't, people, they be hearing what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. I had to specify it. Yeah, you can't take anything away from Razor Ramon. Maybe the best introductory vignettes in the history of the business. Yep. Um, the coolest. Yeah, awesome. Cooler than Carlito. <laughs> War Games match. <laughs> Michael Buffer. Hated him too. Bruce is so much better. Way better. Not even, it's not even, and they're not even related, which is crazy. Yeah, they're like stepbrothers, right? Or like, was one of them adopted? Or I don't think they're like any relation. There is some relation because I saw like ESPN did a thing on it, but it's like a weird relation where I don't think they grew up together. Bruce, it's like the weird thing that like they didn't grow up together, but they ended up kind of doing the same job. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Bruce is light years better. Yeah, nobody Um, gets me more pumped for anything than Bruce. No. Uh, I was annoyed when they called DDP the master of the diamond cutter. Like, <laughs> all right, that's his finisher. Like, you don't got to call him the master of this move that, like, he's the one guy who does that move. Did anyone not like that they didn't use theme music? Honestly, I didn't even notice. At this point... I'm sure that was his theme music back then. No, there it was the same music every time anyone came out. Oh, really? oh it was. You're right. I hated the timer being on the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because it just made the match feel so long. Well, then, did it? All, what, what it went? The first round was from five minutes. It was then five it went to minutes. Two and a half. It went to like a, a minute and a half. A minute and a half, like yeah. Um, DDP won, which led to the infamous title match at Halloween Havoc that people didn't see the finish of. Nope, they saw a Nitro. They saw a Nitro the next night. Um, Anybody with any thoughts on this main event? I got a thought. Okay. Is it a good thought or a bad thought? It's bad in regards to WCW. All right. Am I the only one that I went into this match and didn't understand the purpose of it? Yes. You're not. (laughs) I don't think any of us understood it. So, again, I am not a WCW aficionado. I've seen a War Games match. I thought it was supposed to be a team versus a team. Me too. Hmm. And then Roddy came in and punched Brett and was like, oh, no, it's every man for themselves. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> At first, I heard it was WC, team, WCW versus Team NWO. And then it's like, well, here comes representing the Wolfpack. But then here comes representing – and I was like, wait a minute. I heard there's ten people in this match, but there's three teams. This math doesn't make sense. So the match continues, and I hate that I'm going to say this. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait a minute. I seen 
and, and they referred to this from when uh, Kurt Hennig um, turned Born the horse, Horseman to join the NWO in a previous um, War Games match, and that was Horseman versus the, uh, the NWO. Mm-hmm. It was a team versus a team. So I'm sitting here, and I'm like, wait a minute. They're talking about a match, and I've seen it, a different War Games where it's a team versus a team, but there's one person that wins this. I understand whoever's going to win this now is going to face uh, Goldberg for Bill. the title. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? If we were watching this shit today, Michael Cole would tell us a hundred times the rules to this match. Damn, I wish he was calling this match. New appreciation for Michael Cole. <laughs> new appreciation in, for in Michael structure. Cole. <laughs> and they kept saying every time, so oh, this say- is a new rule. It's like, <laughs> yes. what? Are they just I, making it up? <laughs> you know, and I, I sit there because obviously I've been born and raised on WWF, WWE product. So I know these matches, they haven't changed much at all. And Michael Cole is telling us the same thing. But I'm just like, man, I wish they could have sent them over to WCW to tell me this. What would you rather see, the Punjabi prison match or a War Games match? I'll be honest. I'll, I'll catch E for this. And believe me, I knew going into this I was going to bring up stuff. I, I hope I catch E for it. Um, when Cody left WWE, he brought this up. I would like to see WWE perform this match. I'd rather see WWE do a mind games match than a Punjabi prison ever again. <laughs> mind games. <laughs> War games, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like mind games. Mm. Yeah, there's going to be a different stipulation from when they cut the promo for the match to when it starts. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah. what my best friend just said, at Battleground 13, it was supposed to be a War Games match, but Vince didn't want to give up the seats. Hmm. At Battleground 13. That's They're having a hard time filling seats. They mm-hmm. might as well actually uh, yeah, They can do three rings. <laughs> so actually, I don't want to contradict completely. I think it's a good idea. As a fan, we were there for the Punjabi prison. My issue, now if you have seats similar to where we were, I think it won't, won't be an issue. If you're in a lower level, an issue I had during the event, and I was hoping we didn't get to the main event, I thought one of you guys would point this out. As you notice, and it wasn't kind of repetitious where it went every other match. They started the first match in one ring. The second ring, they went to the other ring. The second match, they went to the other ring. And then they stayed there for several matches. My issue is, if you're in the front row by the ramp, mm-hmm. and it's going the match is happening in the second ring, you almost have to look at the Tron right. or, or the upper screen. Again, I still think this is something WWE should, should do at some point. Um... Road Dog's gonna listen to this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian Gerard James. Don't do it. <laughs> no heat for Scott Armstrong's bad promo, but still, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. This is different, at least. <laughs> I can't even name four thing, four moves that happened in this match. Because you, it was nothing. There was a diamond cutter. More. There was a leg drop by Hogan. I even, I don't even recall, recall seeing the diamond cutter. I don't. Like, when DDP won, I was like, oh, it's over, right? Nah. It was, it, was, it was a weird ending. I can name one move that happened. It was fine. Oh, I, took, I took a nap. Three leg drops. I took a nap. <laughs> That's one move that definitely happened during this match. Um, how sad did Bret Hart look? Yeah. Oh, well, he, <laughs> was, he was not bad. Oh, oh was, you know, you butchered for uh, DDP being referred to as the master of diamond cutter. He refers to himself as the best there is. The best there ever was. Yeah, that the best there too. ever will be. And every time I watch a WCW show, I find out somebody new was in the NWO. Like, I had no idea Steve like Steve Steve Steve. was in the NWO. I was like, when? <laughs> and I did like Hogan sneaking in. I did like that. But then the whole Warrior thing, 
With the smoke. With the smoke and stuff. It was it was cheesy, but you remember. So, when he broke but it's nineteen ninety eight, so you got to take it for what it is, and it's, at the same time, it's that nostalgia. Nobody saw, nobody saw Warrior for a long time. So, so, so here's the thing. I mean, you bring up the fact of overrated or underrated for uh, Scott Hall. Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart. There's nothing anyone can remember necessarily fondly about either WCW tenures. At least there's something positive you can bring out of Scott Hall's tenure there. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Warrior, know. Warrior, and. Bret Hart was terrible. The only thing that was good that Bret Hart did was when he wore the uh, the, the metal plate. Yeah, that was great for the spear. I know you love that. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, Warrior. I mean, Warrior was brought in there like just to lose to Hogan. Like that literally was it. Like Hogan, as ridiculous as, as it is, you know, eight years later, it was still eating at him that he never got his win back against the Warrior. So they brought in Warrior just. For Hogan to get a win over him. And what was one of the biggest debacles ever? Debacle model. <laughs> the thing was, Hogan didn't even want to put Sting over. Like, when I was watching that, I was like, why wouldn't you? Like, what do you have to lose? Literally nothing. You're going to get paid the same. No one, like, you're not the all-American hero anymore. But he was still, in his mind, Hulk Hogan. And he should always win. Um, the fact that he even did that with um, Shawn Michaels, and that's why they had that mm-hmm. really entertaining SummerSlam match. Love that. <laughs> One of my favorites of all time. <laughs> when he when basically Shawn just trolled him for 15 minutes. <laughs> now, me and you, when we went to the Hall of Fame, we saw Stevie Ray. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, he was, like, banged up. Mm-hmm. You can see shades of it now when he was coming out at a... Yeah. At this pay-per-view. Like, he was limping already, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you should have called it a quits a while ago. Yeah, but those guys at that time, like, just didn't make enough money to do that. Like, they just, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's like, luckily the last generation, I feel like, that was, like, just not really paid well. I feel like once Hall and Nash got paid in WCW, and then WWF blew up, and then those guys started getting paid. I feel like a lot of that has kind of gotten left behind. Now, obviously, we haven't outlived it yet. Like, those guys are still going to be around, the guys that have, like, just a poor quality of life. But I think for the most part, the guys that make it to WWF now, WWE now, are pretty set up pretty good for the future. Um, Another question. Mm-hmm. Where was Booker T? <laughs> where was Eddie? And where was Goldberg? Mysterio. Where's Ray? And Ray. Yeah, Bill was exactly where he should have been, not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> this time. wasn't when he hurt his hand, right? I have no clue. Or no, because he had a match at the next paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you where any of them were. I can tell you how much you care. Yeah, I, I don't. Cast so much heat for this review. <laughs> How'd you um, like this match? Oh, I fast-forwarded it. <laughs> oh, I took a nap during this one. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on this show before we wrap it up? No one can tell me it was good. I dare you to tell me this was good. I hope just Donovan watched this. <laughs> Prep, it was good. You, you drunk too many beers. I love yeah. a good dare. 
that, I love that, you, that, dare me. <laughs> that day blazer's getting to you. <laughs> Uh yeah um here's what I have to say people have been saying for hey, months Dave Blazers <laughs> people have been saying for months that they're waiting for someone to pick a WCW show to force me to watch as much heat as Donovan has taken for it I give him credit for being the one to finally pull the trigger on it um I'm glad it's over I hope nobody does it to me again. Donovan, thank you for pricking 98 over 99. <laughs> yeah, you did say that the other day, how bad 99 was. I finished the main event, and it, the network, I'm laying on the couch, mm-hmm. and it rolled into 99. I got about seven minutes into the first match, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, cause and I was, like, I was like, yo, how are these guys even complaining? Yeah, cause I had seven a- minutes, uh, the first seven minutes of 99, I'm telling you, I would have probably given this a jobber if I did not see the first seven minutes of 99. <laughs> Watch seven minutes of 1999 Fall Brawl. You guys will understand. This show was decent. <laughs> it was decent. <laughs> You'll have to catch me next September because I'm not watching another second of WCW <laughs> for at least a year. And the sad thing, the thing is... You had your remote handy. My remote wasn't near me. No. That thing rolled right on it. I no. was like, what the hell is going on? Because The insane clown posse opened the match. They no. opened the show. First match. Because before my rolled over, I rushed to turn my controller on so it is not play. <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, Alo, it's your pick for October? Yeah, so before this, well, first, nothing real eventful happened in October, so oh, it's yeah. very hard to He's pick. He's got an excuse. And before He's got that, a raw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and before, it, before we watched this crap, my pick was going to be Halloween Havoc. Ugh. But then I watched it. Because I, 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 like I said, I, I had to sit through this four What was times. the main event of it? Hogan and um, Piper in a cage. So oh, I watched it before. I, I, after I watched Spark the Fall Brawl, let me see how oh, it was. Bad Halloween is. Havoc 85? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, sounds like WWF 92. That's my pants. Tukul WCW fashion. But, but yeah, I was like, I can't watch this because the commentary was still awful and it was a year prior. But the, it had the Ray and Eddie match, and mm-hmm. I know Savage is on there. I was like, oh, maybe we're pre- that Ray and Eddie match. Yeah, but I can't watch it for that. And I know Ron, maybe we haven't heard, we haven't reviewed any of Savage. And then I thought about Bad Blood '97, and I was like, I can't sit through that because I've mm-hmm. done it before. And it wasn't fun. I'm not going to sit there to get to the goal to the goal at the end of the road mm-hmm. to see um, Taker and Michaels in the 20 year anniversary of Hell in a Cell. Okay, so. It's a 20-year anniversary and you're not picking it? No, I'm not. It's a 20-year anniversary of my favorite match of all time. No, I, not I'm not sent to that show. I'm not, I can't sit through it. I'm sorry. And <laughs> I, at this point, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to pick right now during this uh, talk. I'm trying to kill time. Because <laughs> I have two shows in mind. Drink some John. will make you feel better. So, okay. All right, I know you two weren't watching at, watching at this time for one of my. Well, I've actually been looking picks. forward to you doing this. I knew this. One. And I knew he was gonna there's do one it. show I do. I, I think we'll have a lot of fun with because we had so much fun with with a couple a few months ago with it with the show prior. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> pick a number, one or Four. two. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> you pick two. Okay, so we're going to review 
The co- still doesn't know. Let me see. We're going to review the culmination of Kurt Angle's four eyes. Okay. <laughs> intensity, four intelligence, in integrity, and innocence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been like it's kind of been Kurt Angle appreciation here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to watch him win his first WWF title against The Rock at No Mercy 2000. Okay. My other pick was Hell in a Cell 2009. <laughs> 09 was the one that we were watching. I know. I, that's what I pick at number one or two. One was Hell in a Cell, two was No Mercy. <laughs> so I'm going to go with No Mercy 2000. A lot of fun. You just spoiled the show for us. Hmm? <laughs> for our listeners that didn't know Angle 1. You know how many elementary kids watch this and listen to this show? Uh, yeah, we got seven-year-olds. seven-year-olds on this show. Yeah, so... They don't even know Kurt Angle had hair. They're going to be watching this <laughs> like, oh my gosh! <laughs> so we're going we're to do um, No Mercy, no Mercy 2000. No Mercy 02 was also a, a choice, but I, I didn't want to talk about the Katie Vick thing. Because that choice. was terrible. And you boycott Chris Benoit. Yeah, But did. you're still going to have to watch him on this show anyway. <laughs> so, a lot of fun on the show. We got... Edge and Christian at their finest. Okay. As the conquistadors against the Hardys. <laughs> William Regal versus Naked Midian. Okay. <laughs> Edge and Christian was the conquistadors? Yeah. Man, you ruined the show left and right. Yeah. Um, the Dudley's Tag Team, the t- the Dudley's Tag Team Invitational, Stone Cold destroys Rikishi, Triple H versus Chris Benoit, and I believe Billy Gunn in China versus RTC. Hmm. All right. Oh, and Xbox and Jericho in a cage. So, all right. So that was Xbox and Jericho in a cage. I'm excited. This is gonna be good. That was Fall Brawl '98. You already outdid your brother. <laughs> we did it. It's over. Listen in October for No Mercy 2000. For Josh Prepaguina. For Act Two Fly Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.